This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And it's the first one for me. The first podcast that I've done this season. Laney. A loyal. Yes. Loyalty bonus points. I'm I'm just I'm just racking them right in now because I have to admit, I've been out of the picture. Laney has been there in the hot seat, done a fantastic job. And kept me entertained as I was travelling all around America. I mean, what happened? What happened, Laney? I, I, I went for the summer tour with the bees and I loved it so much. I came home and I thought, let me go back again and then have some more of that. Bees are not coming home. Yeah, that's right. Greedy. I was greedy for it, actually, as yeah, well, well, like I said to you. You've missed, missed, a, missed a fair bit, mate. Unbeaten, unbeaten starts of the season. That's right. Win, win at Fulham. That's right. <laughs> And a bucket load of draws, mate. Yes, but, that's um, right. A bucket uh, load but, of draws. But we'll but, uh, we'll we'll stick to the unbeaten best ever start to a top flight campaign. We'll stick to that for the moment. That's right. That's right. And and, and the thing about it as well is because I mean, for this year, I I just had to make a promise to myself. I thought I'm not going to be tied down by football fixtures. I'm going to book the holiday with the family. So I booked it ages ago, ages ago. And obviously the Brentford tour came in, um, and I thought, Ooh, oh no. Right, they're going to America. I've already booked to go to America, but I couldn't miss out. So I booked that American tour, went on that. That was great. And then, like I said to you, I, you know, I booked to go away with the family. But the one thing I thought, especially speaking to all our American chums, our friends out there, one thing I realised, I think, is that unlike the olden days, unlike the, the, the good old days when we were in the lower divisions, the one thing I know is that uh, you basically can never miss a Brentford game anymore wherever you are or especially if you go to the States or wherever like that because if you're in the Premier League at the moment now literally every game is is on the box so I mean I I, I went I did six cities in I think six cities in three weeks and I literally was traversing and just finding bars to bowl up into nine o'clock in the morning ten o'clock in the morning 
get your beer in, sit down, start talking to local characters about football and watching the game. And it was a completely different experience. I'm not saying that I want to do it every single week, but it was quite novel. It almost reminded me back in the day. I don't know if you remember when we used to, you remember, I don't know if you used to come down when I used to live in Stoke Newington and they used to, uh, they used to have all these kind of satellite dishes. The pubs used to illegally show football games at three o'clock in the afternoon. And I didn't even really like Premier League then, but I loved going to the pub at three o'clock because it's full of characters who crammed themselves inside there basically for a bit of illegal football watching like you know and it was such a great laugh like you know sort of kind of Hasidic Jews you know as well as also having sort of kind of like local kind of like you know working class lads as well as girls as well as middle class sort of bankers as well as sort of local sort of West Indian community all inside this pub crammed in to kind of kind of watch you know sort of kind of you know the football Arsenal playing whoever and it was actually quite a laugh and it sort of reminded me of that you know it's um it's talk about sort of communities it's like there's there's almost like and, and americans would kind of understand what i'm talking about here there's there's a sort of kind of i hate to use the word hipsterish about it but it's very very niche in america and people who are into premier league football they're kind of like we're into something different from everybody else in America. So you can kind of feel that they feel that there's this almost like little club that they're part of. So they don't even talk about their team. They just talk about Premier League. And uh, I have to admit, the one thing that really does did big bug me is that you're sitting inside a bar and you're trying to watch a game and everyone's just talking. And they're talking nonsense, right? You know what I'm saying? They're just talking absolute... Go- and doesn't that actually kind of sort of like... Well, you should have fit, fit, in, fit in pretty well, shouldn't you? <laughs> Oh dear, and you're sort of sitting down there and they're, they're, they're not even talking, they're not even talking about the football half the time, they're just talking about stuff or something else different and it, and it was it was a totally different experience, but it was actually really, really interesting and I went to St. Petersburg, went to a bar down there, Brentford, behind a Brentford shirt behind a bar, put the TV on for me or watch the game, you know, got a few characters, Devon from Man United, um, 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 America Sports Club came down and watched the game as well and stuff like that, so everywhere I went there's a different bar and you just go, I'm watching the Brentford game. Then they'll go, right, here you go. That's your TV over there. TV number seven, like, you know, in the corner, you know, whereas the Man United game and the Arsenal game and all that are on the big TVs. Brentford always stuck in the corner somewhere, mm-hmm. like, you know. Um, but I did go to the New York City supporters bar in New York. That was in my first day there. And I had a great time. Watched the Tottenham game there. You probably heard the podcast. It's on Prada West dot london and uh there's probably about 30 odd bees inside there and there was singing and there was all sorts of stuff going on and it was a great <laughs> it was a great morning but the one thing i have to say and the last thing i'm going to say about this uh, I, I, I saw a game in i went up to uh I, 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 you know i was in charlotte as, as you know I, I do a bit of charlotte actually as well so i went to a game in charlotte got to the pub at 10 o'clock watched the bees game the crystal palace game with a crystal palace fan sat down there had a few beers game finished at 12 then afterwards at 12, a Burnley fan came and he was from Burnley. So I started chatting to him. Then I had another couple of beers with him from 12 to, I went out and it must've been about 60 degrees. It felt like outside, like absolutely blazing hot. And then I was going to go and watch the baseball game. And then after that, I was going to go and watch Charlotte FC play, right? They're playing LAFC as well. So I went to the bar at 4.30. By six o'clock, I literally almost couldn't walk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I literally, honestly, I was looking, I need to go to bed because I was I was I was struggling I was I was all over the place and all these Charlotte fans going hey Billy it's good to see you yeah here's another beer and I, I'm like oh, oh god so American culture I have to admit your football culture it is dangerous 
what well, she it's, it's the time difference and that yeah it's early it's early starts and beer mate that's, i think that's i think that's the problem i think you would be falling over if you started drinking at nine o'clock any morning and carried on until <laughs> six in the evening <laughs> I think, I think, oh, yeah so and, yeah and talking about the everton game next week lady are you, <laughs> are you up for it <laughs> yeah yeah let's do that let's do that i'll see you in the globe about half eight something that's like that. right yeah. which is all good anyway we're gonna we're gonna flip it back to um we're going to flick it back to, well, back to UK. the UK. Back to the UK. And like I said to you, Laney, he's been here. He's, he's watched all sorts of games. And, and like I said to you, last 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 weekend, there was no football. Gutted. Coming back to the UK and I was thinking, I'm really potty for it. There was no football because it was international week, wasn't it, Laney? And a uh, few little interesting things. I mean, I think the first thing is about how many Brentford fans jetted on a plane and sort of got the old carbon footprint going on last weekend, didn't they? Well, there's eight, 18 of our players that went off and represented their countries, which is, you know, it's, it's just incredible. You know, we, we've talked before about, you know, when we used to get excited that we would have one. Johnny Buttergee's playing for Malta was was quite a big thing in the sort of like 87, 88, 89. And then it was like Gordon Sweetser that played for Canada, I think. And, you know, it was like we got an, we got an international and now we've got, you know, it's almost like who isn't an international, you know, it's probably because they're just a little bit too old or they're banned. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a, a measure of the quality that we've got and strength and depth. And, you know, they're, they're playing all, literally all, all around the world. You know, Brian and Bumo uh, scored last night against Burundi to uh, uh, help Cameroon qualify for AFCON and... Uh, which is which is for Redford is is kind of not a great thing though, isn't it? It's not it's not great because we you know Weiss's um, Dem- Democratic Republic of Congo team they they've qualified as well. So there's two of our forwards um, out for 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 a, you know a chunk of January. Break the know, tank. Frank the Tank, Did yeah. Did they qualify? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if uh, Nigeria are through yet. I'll have to look at those results. But yeah, no, it, it, it is going to deplete us um, um, at a time where, you know, um, I know we're going to talk about Ivan Tony in a minute, but, you know, he, he's back potentially, but it will be for one game right at the end. Um, so we haven't got a lot of league fixtures. We've got the FA Cup. If we, if we get through the FA Cup third round, it will be great because that means we get through to the fourth round. It means there's not a, not a league game to, to worry about points there. Not that I'm worried about points, but I mean, we, you know, we, we're all on the same page here. You know, our league, uh, our, our league, uh, you know, stature and, and doing well in the Premier League is, is kind of the be all and end all, really. And if we can get a cup run, whether it's the, you know, the League Cup or the FA Cup, all well and good. But to have potentially two FA Cup games in in January might actually be a blessing in disguise because you know we can play whoever we want and it it, it, it kind of in brackets doesn't really matter although it, you know obviously it does you want to win those games too but um you know what I'm saying there um so yeah no it's great they've been away you know Hickey played last night against England in that 150th anniversary game against Scotland he played pretty well I thought um you know, but you know, I'm I'm still having having seen the England game and seeing Harry Maguire come on, um, you know, an out of form player in an out of form uh, form. You know, it, it just it just underlines how Rico Henry should be part of that squad, whether it's training, whether it's coming on a sub. He, sh- he should have been out. He should have been there for that game last night. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's had such a great start to the season. He deserves some kind of reward. Whereas, um, you know, Maguire's had such a shocking two, three or four years that he doesn't, he doesn't actually deserve to be around there. 
for himself as well. It's, it's doing him no favours. And I just think, you know, it's, it, that underlines, you know, don't pick out of form players because that's that's kind of what you get. But, you know, but the the, the positive is that, you know, uh, Chris Iyer, he scored for Norway. Um, Flecken has been out um, and kept a clean sheet against Greece for, for Holland. Um, he had bit more of a wobble against uh, Ireland I believe but yeah all our players are kind of in and around some really really good form uh, international teams and it's, uh, it's it's great to see yeah and I mean and, and, and again you know you, you you picked out a few standouts obviously Ayer again you know interested in him playing with uh, you know Haaland is you know listen you can't knock that you know um, we could say I mean like I said the standouts as well um, Brian and Bumo scoring for Cameroon have you said which is like you know he's kind of going up the ranks and people start to notice him all over the place you could tell by people kind of requesting him in their fantasy teams and saying yeah 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 I was always behind Brian and Bumo you know we've got that scenario happening as well and interestingly I said, said you know Hickey who got quite a few mentions as well playing for Scotland and he had a, a good game a couple of little nutmegs there as well and sort of kind of like you know sort of quite cheeky play and to, to think that you know love it or hate it because I know some people you know it's not Scotland doesn't bother me you know what I'm saying but I know a lot of people are like you know Scotland we can't have them we find it hilarious that they've not been in the World Cup since 1998 you know but it looks like they are going to be in the European Championships next um, uh, in, in Germany in 2024 and that is going to be a fact so Hickey is going to be playing in Germany in 2024 and he looks like he's going to be a key player for them as well which can only be a good thing for, for them I mean it's just but again just thinking about that Laney because we, we're trying to reel off these players who've played for us um, now you talked about players back in the day I mean Herman Horidison is one of the players which you saw play for Iceland over in France but there aren't too many that you could say that you saw with your own eagle eye is there? No, no. I mean, there was quite a, quite a few of us, and Peter Gillam and his and his little crew come over on the on the Eurostar to Paris to see uh, to see Iceland take on France um, at Stade, Stade Francais, which was it, it was a very long, uh, quite quite grueling day. Lots of Cronenberg was was consumed. Um, so, but yeah, it was a it was a a real kind of celebration of um, one of our players playing, you know, playing for because Iceland were really strong at that time as well. So, you know, it's it's it's, it's not like um, they were you know they were playing for sort of like you know um, fire Faroe Islands or whatever. It was it was quite a big deal. But then we did have you know under Ron Nodes that that kind of era we had we had a fair few, didn't we, that played for Ireland. I think Tony. Was, Folan, I think Quinn played for Ireland, and your your mate Martin Rowlands, I think. Um, oh yeah, man, I, I, he told think, me about it. Yeah, yeah, I think he, I think he played for for Ireland at that time as well. So there was a, there was quite there was quite a few in and around for a third, you know, third tier team, third or fourth tier team. It was it was kind of unusual to for for, for to have internationals, but um, I think you know it, it was almost like. We had so many. Our game was called off at the weekend, you know, and it was like that was almost like a badge of honour. Um, and now it's kind of like they go all the way through to non-league. But um, yeah, uh, it's, it's still it's still not a novelty, but it still makes you feel really good to know that your team is represented, you know, so so strongly with international class players. Yeah, and I mean, just just finishing on internationals as well. I mean, uh, Griffin Park, new Griffin Park, as we call it, is a place that people don't really necessarily kind of associate with internationals, even though we did have the the whole of the women's Euros there as well, and we did, uh, and we also had an England uh, women's international there as well, where England played Australia. Well, the Aussies are back 
at New Griffin Park actually in October. I think it's the 16th of October. I'm not sure. It's 16th or 17th, something like that. 16th, 17th of October, the international break. Australia are playing New Zealand at New Griffin Park there as well. So if somebody fancies going down there and uh, having a few beers and, and watching some uh, south of the, the equator football, then you can <laughs> roll down there and watch these two teams play. I think it must be a friendly. It can't be It can't be some sort of qualifier. I'm sure it's a, it's a little friendly. I'm um, trying to sort of tap into the local Aussie and New Zealand market. You you fancy popping down there for that one, lady? I probably will give that a miss, I, I reckon. But yeah, okay. no, it's good to see the, you know, the G-Tech being, being used. Um, um, and, you know, that was that was part of the reason that, you know, we did move, wasn't it? So, you know, these kind of games could take place and we get revenue streams coming in. And I guess now that London Irish are kind of not in the, not in the picture, I'm not quite sure how that affects us. Um, but it's always that probably actually is a blessing in disguise because it was screwing the pitch up and that. So, uh, yeah, uh, having having extra football games on, on I'm sure is, is, is OK every now and again. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say, I mean, you know, I don't know, I mean, they've got to pay you for it to make it worthwhile. To be quite honest with you, I don't think that was happening too much. Anyway, I'll, I'll tell you something, Tony. We're talking about one of our players, though, uh, Ivan Tony. I mean, you know, there's been there's a bit of talk about him. Then we had the summer and he's disappeared. Then, you know, and Bumo scored like 75 goals in about two games. So everyone's talking about him. And they slightly forgot about Ivan Tony. But Ivan Tony, I've heard, is due back into training in the next few days. Now, interestingly, I mean, I've talked about my little travels in and around America going. One of the places that I didn't quite get to in America was Nashville. And ironically, Charlotte were actually playing Nashville the following game after I left, actually, because I saw them play a couple of games in in, in Charlotte, actually, um, Orlando and LAFC. But the following one is Nashville. And uh, if I'd gone to Nashville, maybe I might have bumped into Ivan Tony from because from what I can gather, talking to the Nashville bees out there, they've told me that Ivan Tony is over in Nashville. Now, now, can you think why Ivan would be in Nashville, uh, lady? Do you think maybe, you know, gone to see sort of Elvis is, you know, you know, a bit, a bit of an Elvis tour or something, you maybe? Yeah, possibly, mate. I don't know. He maybe likes a bit of honky tonk music and, um, yeah, Johnny Cash Museum, perhaps. I don't know. He's, he's probably, yeah, maybe he's, uh, yeah, maybe he's a bit into, bit into his southern, southern, uh, banjo music, but he's, 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 Nashville FC, maybe? Go to the stadium just to have a look yeah. and go, go to a game, stand yeah, behind yeah. the goal with the ultras. You know, they, they, they make a lot of noise, actually. They're quite lively. I'm not sure he's allowed any kind of football activity, so oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't have thought he'd be doing that. But I'm, I know he needs to get to the airport pretty quick to get back and do some training because we're we're currently still paying his wages, I believe. So it's yeah. about time he earned some. Paying his mortgage, mate. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly that. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, it's it's great that he's going to be back in the in the fold, as it were. And he's back. It's it's good for him. It's good for us. Um, it's, it's, it's good for it's good for kind of uh, just the vibe around the place that you've got your best player back, um, you know, on a on a on a on a slightly more serious tip. You know, it's it's um, we've missed him. You know, it, I, I got on my high horse a little bit after the Bournemouth game and um, kind of said that I think that a couple of the draws or at least one of the draws that we've we've had this season would have been a win if we'd had him in the team. I'm not you know, I'm not picking out a an exact moment, but you know, he he, he does 
he does bring us up another another level. Um, and I'm not and I'm not again I'm not saying that we play badly because in all of those games we've we've played really well. But what he brings to the team, you can't just take out and it not have an effect. You, you just can't. And we've, we've we've done we've done okay. You know, it is it is our best start. In, in, in the top tier, so you, you, you can't you can't say you know he's it, it, he's cost us massively, but could it have been better? And I and I think yes, it, it probably could have done, and it probably would have done. Um, and we are lucky, as you say, that Brian and Bumo is, is seized the moment. He's he's really kind of thriving in the in the vacuum. Uh, he, he's really matured, and and I hope that he's able to kind of not be the little brother kind of as as Ivan described him as in the uh Diary of a CEO podcast. Um hopefully he's kind of like uh you know he's he's not the underdog to to Ivan anymore. He's he's more of an equal because I, I I he's proved that. And um yeah so welcome back Ivan and um it's one step closer for him either to uh to get back in our first team for the rest of the season or uh, or a a record-breaking hundred million pound deal somewhere else. That's right. Talking about that, I mean, it's obviously the news is out. Everyone does know it. You know, he moved to CAA Agency, which is a big agency. I mean, I know them on the music side. They they actually uh, well, they, they 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 they're the agents for a lot of a lot of bands out there. Um, and uh, you know, I was I was quite you know fortunate for CAA to have sorted us out when I went to Nice a few weeks ago and I went to go to the weekend as well with the family as well. So thank you very much, CAA, which is all good, um, which is which is cool. But like I said, to you big agency. And normally players um me speaking to my chums out there they kind of move there at the sort of kind of height of their career when they're looking for a next big move so listen maybe he's just going out there to kind of get his business finances and sort or maybe like i said he's going there just like every other player that goes to CAA at the height of their career because they look to move, make, make that next move and obviously you know the the, the yellow lights will be flashing in brentford seeing moves like that when they know they've got to deal with CAA rather than the agencies that they're normally used to dealing with where we've got relationships with and we can to a certain extent manage the movement and what's happening in and around the players and I think we kind of probably know what is going on around that but that's on the negative side of Ivan, I would rather concentrate on the fact that he's getting his training in. And uh, like I said to you, the window is going to be open not until January. So we could just look forward to him coming back and playing for us in the uh, in the new year. So uh, but anyway, listen, Laney, um, looking forward to the new year. Let's look back to the fact when the muff came down to new griffin park um i watched this bar i watched this game actually in washington washington dc in a bar in washington dc actually with a, a brighton and hove albion fan and an everton fan and uh, they were not happy at all either of them because neil malpay obviously just signed for us recently i didn't even talk about neil i mean i, I, I wax lyrical about neil to both of them and they were just so unhappy with me just talking about how i believe that neil is going to score more goals for us than he has for both of those two teams combined you know saying over the next couple of seasons but anyway we, we shall move on from that um we're going to go back to the, and talk about the Bournemouth game Bournemouth down at New Griffin Park I still I still can't I mean, for me mate Bournemouth's only one there's only one game I, I know everyone keeps talking about it but that was still quite magical so every time I sort of kind of think of Bournemouth it just reminds me of that time when they walked out of our stadium, and uh, what's his uh, what's his what's the goalkeeper? What's his name? He just um, yeah, the one that went off to West Brom. Was he going to West Brom? It's a, it's a QPR now, aren't he? Yeah, but the QPR. That's right. And he kicked the wall 
because uh, he cheated basically and he wasn't happy with Ivan Tony. And uh, we ended up winning the game and he was very unhappy. He went back into the down the tunnel and to the changing rooms and he actually kicked a hole in the wall. And the funny thing is that they actually have kind of almost like put a little plaque, a little memory to the kick that it's their Begov- goalkeeper, Begov- Begov- Begovic, Begovic, Cheetovic, that's right. Begovic kicked a hole in the wall in our in our ball in our brand new stadium there weren't even any fans at the time i mean we were the first fans to come in there but he had the cheat to go and kick a wall in the stadium so what they've done is that they've patched up the wall but they've deliberately not painted it so you can see exactly where it was where he kicked it so i suppose that you know that probably gives the players a little bit of oomph every time and i'm hoping that as we walked out for that game everyone pointed towards the hole that Cheetovic had actually kicked in the wall, the hole in the wall. So that would actually give him a little bit of oomph. But to be quite honest with you, I mean, the way that that game went, you know, as we went 1-0 up, we just thought, here we go again. We're going to actually kind of do them right, good and proper. But it didn't quite work out like that, did it, lady? No, I mean, they're, they're all right at Bournemouth. They play. It was a good game, but, you know, I, it was just another one that we, we, we chucked you know, we chucked a couple of points away. It felt at the end of it. I mean, obviously, you know, if you listen to the post-match, it was it was that all, all emotions were wrapped up in in that ninety-plus three minutes because, you know, we were we looked we looked really good, and you know, Matthias Jensen had put us in front with that you know that free kick that crossed the line, and the referee delayed giving giving the goal, but we all knew it was in, and then. Dominic Solanke equalised, and then David Brooks, who's been suffering from from cancer, come off the bench, and um, it was that you know Rico Henry, you know really bad back pass that you know that led to him putting Bournemouth ahead, and then just when we thought we were we were going to lose, and it was it would have made for a really depressing Saturday night actually because it would have we we didn't deserve to lose, um, and we wanted to get through to the international break with you know with with our unbeaten record intact because it's been solid, you know. Um, and then uh, Brian and Bumo, who, who, who'd missed, you know, we'd, we'd missed a fair few chances. I mean, uh, KLP missed an absolute sitter. I don't know how that he didn't get enough on that to, to make it cross the line. And then Brian and Bumo produced an absolute bit of magic, twisting and then running through on goal and finding the finish. So, yeah, it, it, it felt like relief at the end but there was it was mixed with frustration as well so yeah it was it was a good time to sign off I think for for a couple of weeks um and I think they could probably look back now I think the players probably would have will get back from from their international training and I'm sure they'll be looking forward to kind of putting a few things right although they've not done a lot wrong and you mentioned Dominic Solanke who scored the goal there now Lane you just got to ask a question and it's just a general question Dominic Solanke would you um, probably not, but I could see why you might, if you know what I mean. It's mm. he's, he's he's class, um, but I, I just I don't get the feeling that he's kind of Brentford style player. Um, and that's not knocking him. That's not that's not a dig. It's just uh, I, don't, I I I think he's probably too established for us to be going for, um, and. You know, he's, but he's, you know, but he's playing, he's, but he's playing, and, and I'm not going to do a teams like Brentford, but he's playing for Bournemouth. You know what I'm saying? So you know, um, and it's, it, so you know, it's, it's weird. You see yourselves, you've got a player like that. Do you think, you know, you know, rather than trying to never play a player from Tottenham or Man United, you know, you think, oh, is he, is it, is it, is it, mm. is it possible? Well, my my 
seeing yeah. the kind of players that we were going for in the transfer window, but couldn't couldn't get them to agree to come to us. Mm. Um, it looks like we're going for better players than him. Mm. Um, so you know, I'm, 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 what I'm saying is, is he's not good enough to come to Brentford. Oh, <laughs> you go. That's what I was trying to get out of you. <laughs> so listen, Solanke, you're not good enough, mate. Stay down in Bournemouth. Um, just coming back to that game, like I said to you, I mean, I thought Bournemouth. I mean, last season, I'm going to be honest with you, I thought Bournemouth. To be fair, yeah, they they got themselves out of a mire, um, and they battled themselves out of a mire. But they were awful for probably 80 percent of that season last season. And I think through team spirit and through their manager who. I think it was probably a little bit unlucky to have got sacked. I think that they kind of got out of, uh, you know, they got out of a mind, but they were terrible this se- that last season. But I'm going to say, and I'm going to say to you, me sitting down in Washington, watching at the bar with these, uh, with these American fans, looking at it. And I was saying to them, I was saying to them, this, because they're going to me, the Everton fans going, we're relying on you getting points against this lot. We really need you to, because they're basically, he said, look, we're, we're pretty much down, you know? So, and then, you know, when we went 2-1 down, he was like going, what are you doing? What are you doing? I said to him, listen, mate, Bournemouth actually look quite good. The football they're playing is quite good. Their pressing game is quite good. You know, like you know, there's there's, there's a lot of things that, that that had to be said. You had to tip their hat to them. So you know, even though it was disappointing that we didn't get the three points, um, it was nice being a little bit more removed from it as I was and watching the game and you were able to see the replays and see what's going on. I, I said actually, to be quite honest, with you in retrospect it was actually probably quite a good point for us, and we might look at back look back at that game and say it was actually quite a good point because I thought that they were relatively decent. You know, finishing maybe not as, as good as it can be you know but I, I, I they, they weren't near there's there's definitely some worse teams out there than them lot this season uh, and I thought that they were okay yeah they were um but and you know it's it was a fairly you know in brackets easy start to our to our season as well I mean I, I, know, I know you know there is no easy games but we haven't played any of the the big guns as yet um and you know that's that's why it was important to get as many points on the board as possible. You know, I'm not going to go through the you know you see Bournemouth and you expect three points because you know we we're I think we're a little bit more kind of uh, kind of measured and we know that you know those kind of games can bite you in the arse. But uh, it, 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 being unbeaten gives you a little bit of a swagger, and we know that we've got a few toughies going up to Newcastle this weekend. It's not going to be easy. Uh, we've done all right in 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 games against the better teams, so I'm not I'm not sort of like you know I'm not writing it off, but uh, that's, that's, that was kind of where we were at back in the pub after the game. Bill was just that we probably should have got three points and not not the one. Uh, but you could have said that about Palace as well, um, and you probably should have said that about Tottenham. Um, you know, it shows you it shows you the standards now are just you know are high. It's where. The expectation comes where you you start to feel a bit disappointed. Um, so we, we, I don't think there's a lot to be to be down in the dumps about. If nothing at all, in fact. But it's just it's just that it, it could have been better. Could have been better. And talking about back in the pub, actually, we're going to go back to the pub. It's going to go back to the stands. We're going to talk to the fans after the game against Bournemouth about that draw. I think we gave them too many chances, especially first half. Good ones that we shouldn't have done but uh, we created loads I think we hit the woodwork three times uh, and we you know, got plenty of other chances that just either went to the keeper or just passed the post so yeah I mean we, we created enough to win that game and uh, I think if we'd, we'd lost it which it looked like we were going to at some point that would have been a travesty but uh, no a, good, a really exciting game to watch and really nice to keep the fortress going 
and uh, but a really good game. I think we were lucky there. Bournemouth played very well. They're a very strong team. They're, they're mightily improved, certainly out over last year. We, we got we got the break with Brian scoring that goal in the injury time that, that was added on, in the extra time that was added on. I We need a bit of toughness about us. You know, there will be harder battles. Bournemouth are a good team. There will be even harder battles to come. And we need to be winning our games down here at the GTEC. We've got to remember that. We cannot just keep drawing. But on to the next one. You know, bless Rico getting a great reception. because It's his first mistake for about five years. Um, I thought Bournemouth bang average, really. I, I think that's points dropped. And we haven't lost. And we came back and we showed the character and all those positives. But uh, at some point... You know, we need to win at home. Actually, think Bournemouth offered that much. We could have been out of sight quite easily in that game. You know, Shardo hitting the post, Brian with that miss, Pinnock with the free header. It's. I, I think what Neil is going to bring that we don't have at the moment is he's going to hold the ball up. I think today we really, really missed what Tony brings up front, holding the ball up and the work rate across the front. And I think Neil will come in and he'll bring the ball up. So if we're not going to play those little balls in behind the back, like we did at Spurs away or whatever, we're going to keep playing this way. We need a player who's going to hold the ball up. This might sound wrong, but we, we're a little bit predictable now. And we, we're talking about missing Ivan and because uh, he gives us breathing space by holding the ball up. Um, so we, there's a few little problems for Thomas to, to solve, you know. Winning 2-1 into the fight, into the 90 minutes. Uh, yeah, tough one, but we would have taken the, the point before the game, definitely. So, yeah, a bit heartbreaking, but, you know, we would all taken a point. So, you know, just unfortunately we couldn't hold off for the three points, but... The, the main emotion was just frustration, really, that we'd let, the, let, let, you know, let it go back to 2-1. Having been a goal ahead, the width of a post away from being two goals ahead twice. Uh, Brian missing an absolute sitter in the, almost the first play of the second half. It's frustrating. But you know, I guess when I when we all re- when I reflect on it later, I'll probably think you know, a point's a point. You know, it just didn't go the way we wanted it to. Um, but there wasn't major flaws in our game today. We just didn't score when we needed to score. And uh, you know, Bournemouth are probably going to be all right this season. They look pretty good, much better than the team that we played last season. And. Um, both teams cancelled each other out a little bit. I wasn't going to say, yeah, we ain't going to lose this or we ain't going to draw this. But as far as I'm concerned, it was a tense um, last six minutes. And there's actually an opportunity for you to win the game in the last six minutes as well. Um, but Embuero wasn't, in my eyes, didn't have a brilliant day. Um, our keeper, that save in the sec- towards the sec- end of the second half, how he got to it, never know. But that's the thing with Neto, he's a first-class keeper. Um, but, you know, we've been made really welcome by Brentford fans today. It's been really nice. It's been pleasant. It's been friendly. And I'll be back here next season. So there you go. Fans, after the game, bit of disappointment. But listen, we're still unbeaten. And uh, I'm going to ask a question, Laney, because, you know, you talked about the fact that Ivan Tony. If he was in that team, you believe that we might have got a point because he would, they would have given us a different, you know, a different, you know, angle, different, different way of approaching that game as well. Do you think if Neil Malpe, who is our new signee, he's one of our new signees this window as well, Neil Malpe, um, 
if you feel if he was in that side, then it may have been a different soul. Yeah, I do actually, and, I, and I've, I've noticed that there's a lot of people that are um, a lot of Evertonians have, have given him grief, and there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a few Brentford fans I've read that are, are kind of um, are quite happy to highlight his his his, his misses because he does miss, you know, but uh, he's he's he left us because he was ready for the Prem when we weren't in the Prem. Uh, he's been in teams, you know. Of, he, he's not. He's, I don't think he's ever going to be the most prolific scorer. But like like a Wisa, he's a he, he, he can produce finishes, and I, I and I think he, he needs to be loved, and he needs to be in a team that give him the right service. And his first his first time, you know, his first uh, first phase at Brentford, he, he he got all of that, and uh, he just got better and better. And I I I feel the the, the vibe around him coming back, seeing his face. Uh, seeing uh, his him in training, the, there's been a couple of videos on the, the Brentford uh, YouTube channel. He looks like he's back in a place that he's 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 got. He belongs. He, he's in an environment where he belongs, in an environment where he he he, he knows he can thrive and he'll thrive again. So I I I'm expecting him to come back and do well. And so the question was, would we have won with him in that team? I say yes, we would have done because that Keen Lewis Potter miss, I don't see Neil Morpo missing that. Um, and I just think he's he's more of an intelligent lurker. And just because he didn't have a great time at Everton, you know, we've said, and we're not the first to say, but it's a fact that Everton's Everton, the way they play, the way they um, the way you know the service that he would get there, it's not that's not how, that's not how that's not how he's going to thrive. We we know we know what it takes to make Neil Morpé a successful, prolific striker. We'll do that again. We're clever, and uh, it, 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 he's he'll be very excited to come back, and I'm very excited to see him. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's one of those scenarios where. Um, and, and it's interesting again a lot of the new fans that we've had the last couple of years you won't really know much about Neil Malpay and Brentford Neil Malpay uh, just to let you know Brentford fans love Neil Malpay and even when he left he left with their blessing he went off to Brighton when we were still in the championship and you know Brighton is a team that we never do any business with because the you know it's, it's not it's not a fact that people don't know but the, the owners the two owners don't necessarily see eye to eye there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So we don't ever do any business with them, but the Malpay deal was something that was done in the end because uh, Neil Malpay, when he signed for Brentford, when we were in the championship, he was actually, uh, Brighton scouted him and he was actually meant to go to Brighton. And Brighton had just been promoted to the Premier League at that time. And we convinced him to come to Brentford. He played for us in the championship for a couple of years. And we probably said, look, we're, you're going to help us to get up. We didn't quite get up. And then Brighton came back in for him. 
and Brentford said, you know, Premier League opportunity, we're going to give you your opportunity. So he actually went to Brentford at that stage and we kind of sort of kind of, not say it's not a, a, a written rule that we don't do business with Brighton, but we don't normally do business with Brighton. So we did the business with Brighton there and he went off and he's played his Premier League football. Uh, I love the fact that he did exactly the same thing against Leeds when he was at Brighton as he did with us, where he stood in front of their fans for both games at Brentford and he also did it at Brighton as well, where he stood in front of uh, their fans with his arms outstretched. In fact, there were no fans in the stadium, but he did it and I just love that thing about him, the shithousery of Neil Malpay. He doesn't care. I've spoken to him many times and I've spoken to him, like I said to you, when he used to, they used to go to the Novotel Hotel. Really intelligent bloke, really, really nice, really, really level-headed, nothing like he is on the pitch at all and and he's great. And, and and he actually loved, even then you could tell that he loved Brentford and he loved football, you know. So when he left, I think there was a tinge of sadness with a lot of Bees fans. And we always used to kind of watch and look out for him if he'd scored. We sort of share the videos and stuff like that. Probably a little bit sad, but, you know, that's the sign of a, a of a club who's like in the, in the lower division, who has one of your sort of babies who decides to leave home, like, you know. And, and he's gone off and I think we almost feel a little bit kind of gutted that, you know, Brighton was OK. But I know a lot of Brighton fans will go to him. Oh, he's awful. He misses too many. I'll go get rid of him. So when they got rid of him to Everton and then Everton, he scored, I think, in the first game. Then after that, I don't think he scored again. And Everton fans going, oh, my God, he's the worst striker that we've ever had. Get rid of him. And it, I think it's just typical. It's one of those things where sometimes you, a player is in an environment where the, the coach and everyone around him knows how to play him. And that's what we did with Malpay. That's what we did with people like Scott Hogan, you know, even even Ollie Watkins to a certain extent. That's exactly what we did with players like that. And as soon as they left the fold, it didn't quite work out the same for them. Ollie's on a, on on the right half now, but he went for a really bad spell at Aston Villa. And I think with Neil Malpay, he's that type of player. Trust me, he goes off elsewhere. It ain't quite working. And he's going, Tis, I need to go back with the people that know me and love me and understand the way I'm going to play. And that's why I said I had the bet with the guy in the Washington bar, the, the Everton fan and the Brighton fan to say he will score more goals than us and you're going to be gutted that you let him go. Um, so there you go. But his, Neil, his, his record's pretty it's pretty good. You know, the 10 goals a season, roughly, in it? It's got, you know, 85 appearances for Brentford, 37 goals, 102 appearances for Brighton, 26 goals, but at a higher level. One goal and 28 for Everton in a, in a god-awful team that have been trying to get relegated for the last three years. They don't create chances, and now they've got Sean Dyche in there. Sean Dyche is a lovely bloke, but he doesn't play lovely football. He's there to, to, to do a job, and that's just to keep them up. And, you know, he, he, you want a big big striker up there and that's that's what he wants you know it's functional gravel football and um normal pay is not that player at, at brentford he will as we've said he, he'll get those chances we create we, we've created more xg than than any other team in in the division and obviously that triggers a lot of people that are going oh no we're not top of the league no but we know that xg is a measure of uh, the quality of chances that you uh, take or that you create. And over the course of the season, those that create the highest amount of quality chances finished higher in the league. Fact, you need to look at the tables for the last three or four years. The ones with the highest XG state are at the top of the table. So, you know, you, you, you might be able to pull out an individual 
uh, match or a result where you might have XG off the charts, but you, you don't score. Yeah, there's always anomalies. There's always, there's always a, a, a kind of like a um, an example of it, it not being um, a, an exact science, but it is over the course of nine months. So, you know, we do create quality chances and he will tuck in, I have no doubt. Okay, so Laney, I'm going to put you on the spot. He's missed a month, right? So if we talk about September, how many goals is Malpay going to score for us this season? I'd be, it'd be great if he did get into double figures, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously, there's there's a couple of... He, he can't play against Everton, so um, there's, there's going to be two games where, you know, he, he can't play. Uh, and at some stage, hopefully, Ivan Tony is going to come back. So you, you imagine him to be on the bench in that, in that oh, yeah. case. So, you know, if he, if he plays in every match, I, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to think he could get into double figures. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I just want to see him scoring again and scoring important goals. Give us a, give us a number. Um, ten. Oh, you, you're taking it away from me. I'm going to go. I'm actually going to go up. I'm going to go higher. And my Bruce Forsyth, higher. I'm going to go 12th. I'm going to go mad. I'm going to go potty. I'm going to go 12 for Neil Malpay. So there we go. So uh, don't forget. And, and listen, if anyone has got any thoughts, just send them in and we can even read them out. But 10 and 12, which is quite high as well. But we should come back to this at the end of the season. Don't forget that as well. I'd, lo- I'd love to see him score. Uh, oh, no, he's cup tied against uh, Inley, so he's not going to play against Arsenal. That's a shame. So, yeah, no, I'd like to see him make his debut then. But his, his, his debut would be this weekend, I, I, I would hope. Score against Leeds in the cup, maybe? That would be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, lovely. (laughs) I think those tickets will be about 50 quid. But anyway, listen, talking about the cup, we're going to go to the cup of joy. His name is Mr. JB. JB is going to bring us the cup of joy with lots of facts and some fun. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JB. And he's ready to stock it to you one time. Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. Anyone playing the football pools knows that a game ending in a score draw gets you three points. Alas, not so in the Premier League. On current form, a Brentford match at the GTEC must have helped some people win substantial money. Although for a pools player to select our matches must be pure guesswork, as there is no precedent for three score draws in an opening four league fixtures in any of our previous 96 league seasons. But we do have six league points already on the board. It's the best we've had after four games since we joined the Premier League. The last two seasons we'd accumulated five points at this stage and had suffered a defeat in both. So neither can match this year's unbeaten start. It's also a feat that we didn't achieve in our five original top tier seasons. Match day chat regarding technology's involvement in games usually focuses on VAR, less so on goal line technology. Andreas Belgian was our first beneficiary of such a goal against Forest back in August 2017. But against Bournemouth, it took the fourth official to give our first goal, when the referee's smartwatch appeared to fail as play continued. When Matthias Jensen's effort was eventually allowed, it was the 100th Brentford League goal to be scored at the GTEC. Coincidentally, exactly 100 years since Sandy Mulford claimed the 100th League goal at Griffin Park. There you go, JB, facts and funk. And he's celebrating in the fact it's a good start to the season. Um, interesting facts and funk there, isn't it, Laney? 
Yeah, he's got he's pulled it pulled it out of the bag again, and he's, uh, he's he's got some absolute corkers there. I really really enjoyed that. So uh, I actually saw JB um, and Mrs. JB uh, down at the Brentford Festival a couple of Sundays ago. Oh, I had oh. a bit of a, I had a, I decided to Morris dance. Was he Matt Morris dancing? Was he? There was Morris dancers there, but I didn't see him doing that. No, I, 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 he was. Um, but, he was at the uh, yeah, James Brown sort of uh, yeah, stage. He was funking himself right up over by the beer tent. But uh, yeah, no, it was good to see him. Had a, had a good old chin wag, and it was a roasting day. And uh, sort of quite a lot of Brentford fans there. I was just selling some Brentford books and uh, a few other bits and bobs. And uh, yeah, it was, it was nice to nice to see people wandering past and having a chat. Um, actually, talking, can I just mention why while we're talking about Brentford books, mm. I bought I bought uh, a, a a collection of. Brentford photographs. You know, I, I collect Brentford photographs. Yes. Um, they've been in all the books I've done. Um, and then something new cropped up a couple of years ago, and I bought some of them, but the rest of them became available. The and rest. the rest is about 300 photographs of Brentford between, I'd say, mid to late 80s, like 87, 88, through to mid 90s, early to mid 90s. So it's like Perriman and Holder, and then there's Cadet, and then it goes through to the championship at Peterborough. And there, there is absolute some buttes in there, like uh, the build up to going to Liverpool in the FA Cup quarterfinal, uh, loads and loads of fan pictures in the stadium at Griffin Park, loads of dressing room pictures. Um, loads of training ground pictures, uh, loads of youth. I showed uh, like Kelly's Kelly Haig and Paul Buckle and that that era. Paul Buckle saw a couple of the pictures, but there's even more now. And he was just blown away where where we got these. And it's like they're sweeping out the LDV van that we we got as losers at Wembley against Wigan. Mm. You remember that kind of Sherpa van that you yes. said beast. Yeah parked in the forecourt yeah, well, well a very rusty they, van by that sort of yes, it? It, was, it was like yeah i'm sure it didn't pass its last mot so yeah they were like sweeping that out and uh doing all their chores in the in the boot room and stuff with colin lee and there's like did uh, there is it, it is they're brilliant pictures so um i'm gonna i might actually try and put something together for 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 this christmas but we'll, we'll see i'm uh, it may not might not have enough time but the pictures are so good they need to be shared so um watch this space definitely watch this space so uh I tell you what we talked about the past let's look towards the future we've got the um geordies coming down we've got newcastle no, they're not coming down we're going up to them and they've messed us about a little bit because you know it was on a sunday and i had it all sorted and we had our trains and planes sorted and hotels and everything like that and it was going to be a lovely little sunday day overnighter coming back on monday then oh no they flipped it to saturday night okay it's on tv but a lot of people it doesn't suit them so a lot of beast fans unfortunately are not able to go now on the saturday but we're going to talk about this newcastle game and basically how it's looking for the bees unbeaten in the season so far so going up to newcastle on saturday tell you what before we come back and talk about the newcastle game let's go up to newcastle let's talk to chris from the gallowgate end podcast he's going to give us the lowdown on everything we need to know about Champions League Newcastle. 
Hi everybody, my name is Chris. I am host of the Always Smiling Faces podcast, which is part of the Gallic Shot YouTube channel. You may recognise the name. We have done plenty of things with uh, Brentford fans over the last couple of years, whether that be on your podcast or other ones. Just talking about all things Newcastle United when it comes to this upcoming fixture. So, once again, it is Newcastle United playing host this weekend at St James Park as we welcome Brentford up to the northeast of England. Just to, to look back over last season, though, I think it's you can't look behind Newcastle last season and think that we had probably the most successful season out of everybody else. Obviously, you take away the, the likes of Man City winning the league because it's probably everybody expected Man City to, to do that, um, closely followed by Arsenal. But obviously, Newcastle United were the dark horse, uh, finishing in, in, in fourth and Basically, Liverpool were, were, were breathing down next for, for toward the end of that season. But it was Newcastle that, that came out on top, and I think it shocked many people across Tyneside, never mind across national and international waters as well. So I think last season, if, if I was going to mark that out of 10, you have to give that a, t- a 10 out of 10 performance from Newcastle. We were the ones that, that many people were, were looking at throughout the season, thinking Newcastle are doing well. Newcastle are, are going to drop off at some point and, and this will have to dip at some point throughout the season and, and people just kept on on ignoring the fact of, of what job Eddie Howe had done and think ah the, the, the look will run out eventually but we, we went through certain spells towards that, that end of that season as well where we did dip in form and were struggling to, to pick up points and struggling to, to find the back of the net but having said that we stuck by and we didn't really drop below 6th um, throughout the season so like I said it's a 10 out of 10 performance uh, from, from last season but things are, are a little bit different this year and uh, Newcastle United have had a very tough introduction to this season um, I think statistically we had the hardest run um, at the start of the Premier League campaign I believe Chelsea may have had the, the easiest one statistically uh, but Newcastle to to the open fixture was Aston Villa, closely followed by Man City, Liverpool, and Brighton away. That's a, a tough fixture and set of run of games, no matter who you are. It was a great start, five-one win against Aston Villa, and we're thinking, great, it's the same Newcastle as what we witnessed last year, and this this high pressure and intensity which which Eddie Howe demands of his players has not gone away. You jump into the Man City game and think. It's Man City, okay. It's it's a free hit for most football clubs where we'll, we'll, we'll put a good performance, we'll, we'll kind of hold heads up high with, with that performance. But overall, Man City um, did, did get three points. After that, we have Liverpool <coughs> coming to St James Park, which once again, it's always a tough fixture, no excuses there. Newcastle took the lead, Liverpool went down at 10 men, then Newcastle decided to throw it away in the last 10 15 minutes of the game. Which was disappointing. It, it, that that wasn't Eddie Howe's Newcastle United and what we have been used to seeing last year. God knows what happened. Nerves and and the occasion just just absolutely just went by a lot of those those Newcastle players. So it was a tough watch that one, and, and even more so going to the Amex for, for the away trip to Brighton, and they literally handed our backside to ourselves and, and sent were packing. The, the performance from Brighton was spectacular. I take nothing away from them. They they, they looked like what we did last year um, with that high press. 
Uh, and we just couldn't cope with that. And, and we, we can't excuse that to players being injured or anything like that because there was an eye on a full strength team uh, apart from Botman, not starting at the back. So, so overall, I think it's hard to judge this season at this moment in time because like only a handful of fixtures in and it's such a hard set of fixtures which Newcastle have had to, to come up against. Um, I think coming into the Brentford game, this is going to really test us to, to what sort of start we've had. I think if Newcastle pick all three points up and as a fan base would turn around and think that's alright, it's, it's a decent start. Um, if we fail to, to get three, even a draw, I think we'll probably be looking at the start season and think this this is a bad start so far and, and we're going to have to start putting points on the board. Um, but it's one of those things. Obviously, I've got faith in Eddie Howe. He's done an absolute spectacular job since since he arrived at this club. And we'll stick by him all the way. Of course we do. And we can't not after after what he delivered for us last season. Um, if we're going to look at, at, before we go into the Brentford game and, and look at that one, what I would like to do is, is look at Newcastle United's somehow business and, and, and how we handled that. There were certain areas that I, I think... A lot of fans wanted upgraded, left-back being one of them, um, as in a, a player to come in as a starting left-back. Um, obviously, we brought Hall in, but it doesn't look like he, he will be starting any game soon. So we do have Dan Byrne at left-back and, and Matt Target. And for, for European football and, and these big fixtures which we're going to be playing and, and, and obviously maintaining how well we did last season, I think a lot of fans were disappointed that we didn't upgrade that area. And we upgraded certain areas of the, the field which didn't necessarily need that. So if you look at the left-hand side, uh, Harvey Barnes was brought in. Harvey Barnes is a great player. He got, got 12 goals, I believe, last season for Leicester, Leicester after the relegation season. And to, to buy Barnes, we had to, to sell a player because we're not such scrutiny at the moment with financial fair play. The, the magnifying glass is always going to be on us because the money at our disposal really so I had to send, sell uh, Alan St Maximum which he split fans opinion of course he did and um, personally I love Max he was always that one player that would get you on the edge of your seat he's that one player that a lot of opposition fans would think uh, he, he can do some damage if he's on his game but like like I said we, we, we sold him he went to Saudi Arabia um, fair fair play to him he's, he's got a big big wage at the end of the day but we brought Harvey Barnes in like I said I'm happy we're bringing Harvey Barnes in um, but I, I don't necessarily think it was an area that we needed to address so so urgently when there was other key positions um, look at the centre of the field that was an area which needed some sort of improvement to a degree um, we brought Sandro Tonali in um, to, to take him away from his boy club, uh, boyhood club in, in AC Milan that's an absolute coup for, for us like it's to do that and, and yes of course money's got a big factor of this and and the wage that that you will be on um but italian international ac milan lad and and obviously he's in the center of the field for us i think there's, there's doubt about if he's going to be playing this weekend and um, i think he will be having a late fitness test rumors going around that he may miss this fixture along with believe it or not the ac milan game which we'll have next week uh, quickly after the, the, the Brentford tie um, but yeah, like I said, he was another one which we brought in. Um, jumping over to the right-hand side, Tino Romento came in. Um, basically going to be an understudy of Trippier as, as far as we are led to believe and, and what a player to learn from. 
trips has been an absolute revelation since he came to Newcastle. Obviously, he was the first player that came in after the takeover, and I think he is, is basically the arrowhead and the, the spear point of, of how well we have done and, and, and how quickly the, the club have changed and, and the trajectory of this football club as well. Him and alongside Eddie Howe, those are the two names which, which you have to look at when it, when it comes to, to looking at, at how this transformation has, has blew everybody out of the water as a, as a fan of the club. So yeah, overall, um, it's a decent, decent window. Um, I don't think we can grumble at it. Um, I think with the injury to Botman, I think we're looking at that centre-back position thinking could we maybe have brought in another one there. But like I said, financial fair play is, is, is going to cripple us if we're not careful. So the football players in, the, the decent players, um, a lot of them probably won't get much game time as starters this season. Um, obviously, we've had a look at that, the squad depth because of the European fixtures and, and what fixtures and ties which we got from that, that draw. Um, PSG, Dortmund and AC Milan. You, you couldn't ask for, for a tougher group. But it is what it is. And, and, and like I said, we do have a squad depth there now to help. Um, if we, we look at the, the game now, so if we look at the Brentford game, like I said earlier, it's going to be a very difficult one. And I think if you look at the, the last handful of clashes, I think the last time Brentford got a result, as in, as in obviously getting the victory against Newcastle, was in the Cup, if I believe right. I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was in the Cup. Um, if we looked solely at last season, I believe it was 2 1 um, at your ground and then 5 1 at St. James's Park. And, and Newcastle that day were, were fantastic. They really were. Um, I don't think it'll be anything like that this year. Like I said, uh, our intensity seemed to have dropped a little in the last couple of games. Um, yes, of course, we've got the home advantage and it looks like we are Bootie's favourites by, by quite a distance, but that's probably just looking at our previous uh, clashes between the two clubs. It's going to be a tough one to call. It really is. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's draw, which personally... I wouldn't be happy with because of the position which we're finding ourselves in at the moment and that, that's not taking anything away from Brentford because you have had an absolutely great start to the season and, and the, that lad up top Mbomo has, has just had an absolute blinder of a start it's like <laughs> Ivan Tony never existed um, he's, he's been out, outstanding so far so obviously we do have to, to be careful for him especially with the injury which we have at the, the back with Sven Botman not um, being fit and since Sven Botman hasn't been available that that defensive back four back five has looked a little bit shaky and whether that's down to Nick Pope brain just absolutely scrambling every time he goes outside of his box to, to clear the ball or if it's because we've had a shift we'll let start and left back in the centre midfield and bring in another left back and it's just ruined the whole dynamics of that back four and five I, I don't know but Brentford Warriors, um, they, they really do, they're, they're, they're well organised and they really are really tough to crack and I think if Hughes can, can hold out and, and not crumble under the, the, the intensity of what St James' Park can be like with, with the fans behind the lads, we're going to have a tough game on our hands. Having said that, we need the points, we need a reaction. 
we needed a reaction after the Liverpool game, we didn't get it against Brentford. Uh, so we need a re reaction now after what happened uh, at at the Amex. So if I was a betting man, I would go on a 2-1 Newcastle United victory. But I'm not confident. I'm really not confident in that one. Like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if it is a draw. But I've got to go, go with my team. I have to back my lads and see a Newcastle United victory. 2-1. Isaac on the score sheet. He's the player which you need to look out for. Isaac is, is fantastic. £60 million pound for, for that lad. And that seems like an absolute steal. It really does. He makes everything look easy. As if he's not even trying. And... Let's say if, if, if Isaac does have have an off game or not necessarily off game but isn't really brought into the game by the lads around him, which we've seen a couple of times so far this season, you've got Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson will get your goals every single day of the week. He'll get your goals. So I think you, you have to look out for, for our strikers. As always, I believe that, that these sort of games are won in midfield though and our midfield just hasn't clicked. Nally, Joe Linton and Bruno have been starting these fixtures and it just hasn't seemed to work apart from that opening fixture against Villa so we need something to happen there we really do Newcastle need to, to win that midfield battle because teams are, have been walking through the centre of the field and, and making our midfield just look non-existent they, they really haven't so all comes down to the centre of the field whoever controls that area will control the game Thanks for having us on, boys. It's been a pleasure as always. Good luck for the rest of the season. Uh, I think you'll have a cracking season. I really do. Uh, oh, before I go, I've got to mention <laughs> who will get relegated. I think if you look at teams 15 down over, uh, so you've got like sort of, of Wolves in, in there, so Wolves, uh, Bournemouth, uh, and, and obviously Luton. So, but if, I, if I'm going to pick me three that are going to go down, I'm going to go Burnley. Luton and Everton I think Everton have flirted with this far too long and that <laughs> without sounding like a bit of an idiot I would love to see Everton go down not a big fan of Everton I think that they've just been clinging on way too long in the Premier League I think a lot of people need humbling with Everton so get Everton relegated this year thanks boy enjoy your trip up to the downside So there you go, Chris from the Gallo Gate End podcast. And uh, listen, they've had they've they had a good season last season, so naturally he's a little bit chirpy. But things have changed, you know. They 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 did the they did the full Monty on us last season. You know, it was a full house. You know, they did us up there, <laughs> good and proper, and back at home as well. I don't know. Would you say there was a little bit lucky? Maybe, but then you need a little bit of luck to kind of be in that situation, I suppose. So they did the full house on us last season, but things have changed again this season and they haven't necessarily had as good a start this season as probably they thought they're going to do. And a lot of people are talking about Eddie Howe is the pressure on Eddie Howe at the moment now, because obviously, you know, the people that are putting a lot of money into Newcastle is it big expectations. Laney, Newcastle, um, different result this time. What do you think? I mean, they've had a really tough start, haven't they? You know, it's 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 the fixtures you get dealt at the beginning of the season. They they can warp and they can twist. Uh, you know, the perspective slightly. You know, I was saying earlier that we've had a relatively, you know, in brackets, easy start. Uh, they've had a they, they've had a particularly 
tough one. Um, you know, so, or they or they, they they smashed Aston Villa. I know five five one, but you know they, they've they've started to lose games, which they went a big chunk of last season unbeaten, didn't they? And they've got you know three defeats on the spin. I think it is now, um, and it shows that they are fallible. Uh, it's still going to be a you know an absolutely one of the toughest places to go uh, this you know the last couple of years last year in particular you know we, we created a, a few chances and then once once they had their noses in front they, they ran away with it the year before we got a draw I know so um, it's it, it's it's a toughie um, but we we know that we are more than capable of going to these places now, and 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 putting on a, a really good show of Brentford Football Club and how we how we play. It doesn't mean we're going to come away with anything at all, but I I, I back us, mate. Um, you know, it's actually it's actually maybe these kind of games where we we kind of we know that we we can't rest on our laurels. And uh, you know we have to we have to take our chances. So uh, yeah, I, it's a shame that I'm, I can't go up there because they they dip they dip Brentford fans around royally and and their own fans as well. And let's not forget is is you know thousands of them Georgians that travel up from the south and from London. So they would have been screwed around as well. Anyone that got tucked in early because you have to get tucked in early to get the trains at an affordable price and hotels. Newcastle is one of those cities where the hotel prices go through the roof. They're expensive anyway, um, but Manchester and Newcastle, if, unless you get in early, you, you, you could be paying 150, 200 quid a night for anything just average. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a game where Brentford fans have, have, you know, have been dicks around, as I say. Yeah, I mean, and 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 you're talking about that as well, like I said, Chio. I mean, I've seen people that have said that you know they're going up to Newcastle and then coming back again because we're <laughs> new boots. I think their flights and stuff they can't change their flights. They can't do anything about it, so they're kind of going to go anyway because they've got they've got to just use it up and use up the hotel and come back again. So I just, you know, I know people talk about this a lot, but you know, it, it is a really big thing and it is a big thing for fans and it's a big commitment for fans to go out there and support their team. And the fact that people can kind of almost like sort of kind of almost like ignore the fact that that you know that, that that the TV companies could do this at the last minute, I just think it's just a little bit kind of out of order. And I think the clubs. And know as well because you you, you know you, you're going to get it in the air right and you know the fact is that yes we go you know when we when we go on tv we the clubs do get extra money but it does put the it does put the fans out massively and this newcastle game like i said to you for us you know there is there is going to be you know the post-match podcast is going to be coming from the pub because we're going to go down the globe and watch it because like i said to you you know sunday you know it was all ruled up for sunday but saturday kind of just doesn't work for me at short notice unfortunately and the same for you laney and i think it's for the same for the other people as well so if you're in and around you fancy watching the game with down the pub with us down the globe then we shall see you down there it should be a good evening saturday night but just coming back to this game so laney i mean like i said to you haven't had a good start but still a good side bit of pressure for eddie howe but we can't um underestimate newcastle any thoughts on a score prediction well i've got to be really encouraged by the way brighton took dismantled them um the last time out um you know brighton scored three uh um you know beat, beat newcastle three one and you, you have to kind of put Brentford in that Brighton kind of mould. I think they're, they're, they're slightly better than us and they're stronger than us at the moment because they've, you know, they've, they've got a couple more years and they're not missing their best player. But they have, but equally, they've sold quite a few players as well. So you could say they've been weakened by that. But 
they play it in a similar way. If we, if we can match that intensity and we can go at Newcastle, we can cause them a lot of problems. I know, obviously, this is at um, this is at St James's Park rather than down at the Amex, so it, it is it does change it up where they've got you know sixty thousand people, um, you know, cheering them on, but. I, I, in playing styles, I, I liken us to Brighton in, in so many ways that it, it shows that's the blueprint of how you how you dismantle Newcastle. And if they're unless they're at their best, then that that could happen again to them. So as a as a res, score result, as a prediction, uh, I'll go for a one all draw, mate. Oh, again, conservative Laney, and I'm going to go conservative B as well. I haven't had a prediction so far this season, or not on this podcast here itself. And I'm actually going to go conservative B. I'm going to go for a two all draw up at Newcastle. Um, anything else that you want to talk about, Laney, or is that it? You've had enough. I've probably had enough for this week. Um, yeah. I just, you know, I, I will, I will say it's a shame that um, it's a shame that we couldn't get sort of Bakayoko to come and uh, come and come and join us right right at the last knock-ins from uh, from PSV. It was a bit of a frustrating transfer window in so much as we put some massive bids in, uh, and uh, the players just didn't want to come to a, a team. It looks like that hasn't got European football this season. You know, it's uh, it, it, it is. That's the kind of window, the, the shops, shop windows that we're now uh, we, we're now sniffing in, and you know, uh, you've got you know Fiorentina players, you know, you've got uh, Nicolas Gonzalez, who's the other one that we're in for. He's helping his team through to to the latter stages of the Europa League, and then you've obviously got um, Bakayoko with PSV. They're on a bit of a roll as well. So, you know, it's. It's not for the want of trying, but it, it can be a little bit frustrating. So we have to crack that at the, at the next window, hopefully. So yeah, that's 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 really it, really, because um, we did a you know did a transfer deadline day podcast, but you know the back of Yoko and Morpe thing kind of happened right at the last knockings. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a bit bit frustrating, but um, you know we are we are doing all right anyway. That's right, we're doing okay. So listen, this is the bit of pride of West. London podcast buys a beer besotted.com forward slash beer forward slash beer and I don't be drinking that beer that I was drinking in America mate because you won't you'd be you'd be doing some forward slashes if you're drinking any of that American RPA stuff from nine o'clock in the morning like I do listen you slow down you Americans man because you just it's too much it's too much like I said to you also don't forget to check us out on all good podcast channels subscribe to us and write us a lovely review um tell you what as well Laney, there's i just got to quickly say as well because you've got as well the, the player of the, the the match against bournemouth the player of the match again was it um uh who's the player it was, it was it? Yeah, it's brian and bumo so brian and bumo so like i said to you the tasmanian b um you know he he actually every week he tucks right in and he gives us the player of the match and he's done a fantastic job as well and like i said to you it's brian and bumo was the player of the match and i think everyone is going to be kind of unanimous on that one uh the prior of the match of this season which he's done a, was a really good job so brian and bumo player of the match for the ball of the besotted global player of the match as well we're going to try and read that out every week we must remember remember let's do it at the top of the show next time laney not, not at the bottom of the show we'll do it at the top of the show to let people know who was the top player voted by the characters out there for the Brentford. Yes. And but anyway, yes. listen, it's been right. great 
being back i'm a little bit all over the place as you can tell uh i've been too many states in america i've been all over the place i've got sunstroke i've got everything like that but i've had lots of fun and i'm very excited to get back and watch some good football over here come on you bees as we're going up to newcastle do the business as we say come on you bees come on you bees you bees beat them geordies you know middle east Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.